You are listening and watching The Buzz Podcast. It's an economic development podcast with Bernie Maybank. Thank How are you, you doing, Bernie? Thank you. Doing fine. <laughs> Very well. Well, you know, I, I hate to admit um, that I'd like to turn back the clock many, many years, but the one good thing that comes with age is perspective. And one thing that we've seen is just significant growth in the tech industry. Um, years ago, I had a chance to go to Berkeley County to Google and do a video shoot there. And as part of that shoot, we stopped at Boomtown, which was a really cool uh, tech company right in Charleston. Right. Um, and the exponential growth there has been tremendous over the years uh, in the Charleston Digital Corridor. We're going to get into that deep, what's happening in the Charleston Digital Corridor, because joining us today to talk tech and economic development, Charleston Digital Corridor Director Ernest Andrade joins us. Thanks for being here, Ernest. Glad to be with you guys today. Well, we appreciate your time in, in reading to prepare for our discussion. Um, from when you founded the corridor to now, I think what it started with something like 18 companies and now you're around 400. Is that accurate? Yeah, we started with uh, 18 companies, as you point out. And today we're sitting, we're actually north of 500 companies as we speak. I've seen representations made of as high as 700 companies. Uh, I prefer to stick with our more conservative approach of just over 500 companies because we can track track them. So I think uh, fair enough, it's, it's fair to say that, that that 500, you know, companies 20 years from when the initiative was started is pretty substantial. So uh, I'll take the 700, but I think I'd, I'll stick with my 500 number, which in keeping with being more conservative about our growth. And what is the digital corridor? Is it a geographic area, a trade group, a membership organization? Tell our listeners what it is. Yeah, so Bernie, it's, that, that's, that's a great um it's a great question, right? So you have to capture, when you're starting something, you have to capture people's imaginations. Um, think of think of a foreign trade zone, if you're a manufacturer, you kind of know it's a physical uh, place. And so what we said is, let's take uh, the peninsula and divide it up into three districts and a fourth one on Daniel Island, which we'd refer to as the, as the new frontier, so to speak. So we had the university district we had the lifestyle district, which is more Southern Peninsula. You could walk to your restaurants and that kind of thing. We actually had the, 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 on the upper peninsula, the opportunistically, the, the, the up and coming district, which is where the Charleston Tech Center is located. And then Daniel Island, um, where you had the larger companies. So indeed, just so people could get their head around it, it wasn't a virtual environment. It was actually physical areas that were designated uh, you know, in, on, on, on the peninsula and on Daniel Island. But as time went by and people got into understanding what the Charleston Digital Court was all, Charleston Digital Court was all about, we slowly kind of eased away. And, 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 and ironically, um, the, the, we just said, the, the region is your campus, right? We moved away from how it used to be, which, which were these, sort of geographic-based sequestered campuses with gates and such, and made our amazing city the campus. And so depending on, on where you want to go, if you want to be, if you want a linkage to the medical university because you're doing medical and life science-related research, you can go over there to West Edge. If you're just, just need, you know, if you're going to hire 500 people, you can go to Daniel Island and have this large parking lot. If you're somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 employees or less, 
you can be on the peninsula and do it very affordably in, 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 in a high, many, high amenity environment. But let me come back to a question that you asked. Um, the genesis of the Charleston Digital Corridor was really around three very, very important issues. What I was able to determine was that wages had flatlined for about a decade in the low country. And uh, this was not a good thing when the cost of living was rising at a pretty uh, phenomenal you know, trajectory, as we all know, and see what's going on in coastal environments in the South. So uh, the first tenant of the, of the digital quarter was to raise per capita wages. The second basically was, if you fundamentally understand, as I looked around, I realized that an economy can only be as resilient as its diversity, as its economic base. So the idea was to focus on, we had the port that was doing amazing things, we had manufacturing, we had distribution, but we said, let's, let's leverage this and let's add a dimension um, to an up and coming, now this is 20 years ago, uh, up and coming industry, which is the tech industry, and let's leverage lifestyle, Charleston's amazing lifestyle for, to grow this industry. So the second thing was economic diversification. The third piece basically was uh, we did not want to see this kind of brain drain where uh, South Carolinians are investing in the university in the university system, spending tax dollars and leave the kids to graduate and leave the state. So the idea was to create a, a, a wide array of job opportunities, technical and other, uh, and, and our focus just happened to, so these three things, economic diversification, raising per capita wages, and creating job opportunities manifested itself in what is the Charleston Digital Court. And Ernest, since you brought up wages, let's talk about your annual wage and job growth survey because it's extremely impressive. Uh, these are jobs with great pay paying salaries. Can you talk about the growth you've seen even over the time of the pandemic until now in wages? You know, I was, with, I was at a round table with Senator Scott uh, a couple of weeks back and, and uh, I, um, I don't know if I was embarrassed or if I was, you know, how I felt when I made the remark that if you're on the tech, if you're in the supporting the tech industry, if you're on tech, it's ironic that it is, it's, it, it's in every, in every crisis, tech just accelerates, tech thrives, right? So, so um, here's a great example. We're talking about jobs lost. We're talking about people not returning to work. We're talking about wages. But yet, I'm, I'm, I, I had just finished, and it wasn't published yet, I just finished our wage survey, and we have had wage gains of 12% year over year on an average, basically, on a per capita basis with the wages in the tech industry. So it's, it's, we, we have had uh, the brain trust, essentially, of the community, the intellectual capacity of Charleston over the last 24 months has swelled at a rate I could have never imagined thanks to the pandemic. So if there's one silver lining of the pandemic, it is South Carolina, I think overall, you know, we've got a presence in Buford as well with the Buford Digital Court has really benefited, you know, and, and, and a case in point most recently, and I don't want to get into names and everything else, but but in spite of 30,000, I, I am being told from a very reliable source, you know, uh, at, at the state level that in spite of the, in spite of losing 30,000 jobs and accommodations and food and bev and other areas, 
the state's income tax collections have been the highest they've ever been. This is indicative of when you're bringing in high wage, tech-based remote workers who are basically availing themselves of the state's great business climate, lifestyle, uh, you know, and, and, and other factors, the water, for example. So these, these are highly educated folks who are moving the community. And the idea behind the digital quarter has been to leverage and to kind of be the place where you can come. We are, we are the concierge, if you would, to the tech community in the region. Well, I want you to welcome I want you to welcome my son into that industry. He's getting ready to go to, to college. He's got a couple of years of high school, but looking at your survey in 2021, the per capita income was over $100,000. And when you consider that the average South Carolinian's wage is around 46,000, that's substantial. Uh, and, and looking back, even from the prior year, and you're talking about that exponential growth, the prior year, the average wage, rate, yeah, wage was around $91,000. So in, in reading a little bit about some of your philosophy, you know, you talk about in economics, there's always going to be economic activity around industry that's there, but to bring in industry that wasn't there, like these tech companies, and then create these high paying jobs through those companies, that's something to applaud. Well, I think um, so. So it's it's understanding what's very important is to understanding that the tech industry, separate from a physical infrastructure that Google built with the data center, which is a multi-billion-dollar infrastructure similar to Boeing's investment, but in terms of traditionally, in terms of how tech works, uh, what what we what we know is there's a global shortage of talent. So so. I don't want to hang, I don't want to get, and I, I sit in these meetings sometimes and I just kind of chuckle, you know, when we're talking about talent shortages. Well, there's a talent shortage in Bangalore, India, which is the epicenter basically of the Silicon Valley of India, so to speak. You know, so let's not beat ourselves up too badly. There's a technical shortage because the rate of innovation and the rate of technical process is so high that, and, 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 and that the educational institutions have not been able to keep up so you're going to have that. So, so we're dealing with a global situation. So the issue is not understanding an issue. The issue is how do you leverage that scarcity? So how you leverage the scarcity, as I told somebody recently, is the traditional economic models go after companies. The trust and digital quarters model is going after employees. You get a unicorn employee who works for a, for a tech company and, and listen, we all think of Google and Microsoft, but there are, you know, there are tons of small technical companies that are doing amazing things that are just basically small fish that get swallowed up by the big guys down the road. You know, so 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 the idea is to basically keep attracting and create a business environment that is conducive to letting those people thrive in South Carolina and in, in my case specifically in Charleston. And, and your original brilliant idea was to waive business license taxes for companies that moved into the corridor. Does that incentive still exist today? It does. Bernie, uh, I, I'll tell you this. I appreciate you bringing that up because it seems like such a long time ago where we said the one thing we had to do was uh, what I learned is if you want a particular kind of audience, build a model that basically is attractive to that audience. So the tech companies were not requesting 
They didn't come to me and say, artists, you know, improve the business climate. But what I learned was that the business license fees for the tech industry, also known as the cleanest industry in South Carolina, happened to be the second highest on our ledger. So what I said is, wait a minute, you know, these are the cleanest, most educated, least interested in any services, public municipal services that we have to offer. They don't need police. Yeah, they need, you know, fire protection. You know, that, it, it, the bottom line is they're not car dealerships, which is the highest, by the way, where there's theft and, you know, and all of that stuff and constant patrolling. So what we did was we, 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 we got an amendment to the business. We created a new classification that allowed the, the, it was a very regressive formula. And the issue was, we want you to take that money and put it back in your employees, because we know that the, in, the, the success of the company is driven by expanding intellectual capacity and not physical capacity, how we traditionally have thought of the economic de development models. And to some extent, still think about it, right? In the state of South Carolina, the argument I'm making today is I can tell you, I can give you example after example after example where we have invested as a state in the physical infrastructure of the state of South Carolina to support industry. But I would tell you that we fall way short when we look at investing in the intellectual infrastructure, right? And if we invested in the intellectual infrastructure at a level that we are the physical infrastructure, we will now start creating the jobs of tomorrow that, that right. we, we so desperately need to do. And, and, and I might add, Bernie, manufacturing is hardly the manufacturing that you and I grew up with. Manufacturing today is going up to a terminal and basically print, pressing a bunch of buttons. I just saw recently saw when they are not operating cranes in Seattle that are without crane operators. It's, it's, like, it's like sitting in your office basically a mile away operating cranes and the efficiency, the software that is being used to get the trucks to drop in, drop the containers, get it out to the rail. It was, it was just, imagine, it was phenomenal. So when you talk about the port, you talk about manufacturing in South Carolina, technology can continue to, to bring those efficiencies in all the traditional industries we have, and then some in life sciences, in e-commerce and all of these And, and we're, right, we're running out of time. So tell us about the digital quarters building. You say you're, you've done a lot of, for small businesses. Well, I think the, the you know, I come back to the traditional model of, of real estate is give me a five-year lease and, you know, I'm going to tell you how it's going to be and, you know, we're going to do this and you're going to do this. Our case is really simple. If you walk through the building today, you could be sitting down and working immediately. You have no, you have, you have one bill that you will pay when we eventually get around to getting a lease to you and you have a month-to-month -month lease. We cannot, cannot make it any more flexible than that. And where is your building? It's it's now the new building is uh, in the Upper Peninsula of Charleston, um, in an in an area that's just seen phenomenal growth. It is in the Opportunity Zone, so the, the federally designated Opportunity Zone. And I think what what I'm you know it 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 is it is architecturally significant. So it's from a physical landscape standpoint, it really. We wanted it to make a landmark. You know, we wanted we wanted to become a new landmark for the tech industry. And how and how big how big is it? How, how many square footage and how many? Yeah, it, it's floors? it's ninety two thousand square feet, and thanks to the vision of the city, it has a adjacent, literally six steps away from the building, is a eight hundred and sixteen space parking garage, 
with ample parking to support the building, not, not just the first building, but two phases. It sits, this is, this is, this is what's significant Bernie, about the building. It sits on 0.4 of an acre. And there are 51 businesses with an average wage of $100,000. And we are having conversation about the second building. You will have potentially 100 tech businesses with high wages, high intellectual uh, capacity, young. It's probably one of the youngest demographically. It's one of the youngest. Speaking about demographics, we've got about 400 uh, individuals working in the in the professionals working in the in the in the in the building. So what's significant about it is imagine 100 tech companies on less than an acre in downtown Charleston. This is a model that would be hard to hard to replicate. And so y'all are like a y'all are like an incubator back what we call an incubator back in the day. You're the the landlord and what and and you supply a certain amount of space. What services do y'all provide? So Unlike traditional incubators that grew out of academic settings, we are not an incubator that force feeds you a steady ration of what you need to be successful. We want you to be kind of self-driven, self-motivated. And so what we do is it's all on demand. I need to meet somebody who can talk about scale. I need to understand somebody about customer service. You know, I mean, about, about sales. I need to have somebody about legal. I need to have somebody about accounting. I need to, so, so it's all on demand. So yesterday, for example, we had a class on blockchain. We need to understand blockchain. We need to understand cryptocurrency. We need to understand NFTs. So essentially what we do is we leverage the brain trust that exists within the community and in a very unceremonious way deliver it to members of the tech community and beyond. So I just want to, I want to know that when you have this brain trust, it can be used, it can be leveraged to benefit the community at large. So here we have 92,000 square feet We've got 51 businesses, 400 employees, and all of this happened in basically about eight months in an, in an environment where in this, in this pandemic or post-pandemic, you know, Omicron environment, whatever you want to talk about. The other thing is to, when you start thinking about buildings today, it's probably one of the only office buildings that has been constructed that has UV systems on the entire building. The moment you walk in the door, you know, you're, 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 you're benefiting from a hospital grade ventilation system to the benefit, recognizing where this was going. But the reason that's successful is it becomes ground zero to host. There are two companies that are offering capital. We have the Charleston Angel Partners group that actually John Osborne and his crowd actually meet here. And he actually has a desk here basically where he has his base of operation. So the idea is to take all of the pieces all of the ingredients that we need for successful companies and put them in one place, right? So it's resources. And, and I might add, I mean, I think it'd be shocking to your audience to learn that the Charleston Digital Court is run with two full-time employees. You know, the rest of them are these people who are just high, high, highly valued professionals who kind of drift in, you know, in and around the Charleston Digital Court to the benefit of that community. And do you have room for any more or is the building already booked up? No, we actually have a wait list of about eight companies uh, that we're dealing with right now, four of which need to expand uh, into the space. And so uh, my last last night, I sat on the architects over drinks. This is how things happen around the digital court over drinks and kind of penciled out what the interior, we, we already know what the exterior limits are of the, in terms of the land. 
in terms of the building. So we just kind of penciled out the flow and the layout of kind of what a typical floor would look like. So we are trying to move very aggressively um, to, to go ahead and get the second phase underway. We recognize some of the challenges with the financial environment we're in from a lending lending for, 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 for office real estate. So we've had, we've started conversations with the Department of Commerce to start making some of use, to using some of the, from some of the infrastructure money that has come down to support the intellectual, the infrastructure that will support and you know, add this, expand the intellectual capacity, so to speak. So an argument that I've been making is let public dollars be used, and this is follow, we follow through all the way through, but public dollars be used to invest in infrastructure and not in companies. So right. the companies, right. you know, and I think that's very important, right? So if the company blows up, the next one basically, uh, well, blows up as it gets big, they grew, they grew out of here. And if they really perish, the next guy standing in line ready to take that place. Right. And, and I would tell you that we've gone in, since 2009, we've been doing this and everything associated with it, but you only benefit from it if you're part of that industry. And so it's not a noisy, heavy marketing. And again, another, you know, I just, I just throw this out as something that's very unusual. We have not spent any money to market Charleston and the tech community to recruit other companies. Uh, translation, I have never ever been on a trip in 20 years on anybody's expense, on anybody's nickel to, to enjoy the level of success we have. They just come to us, the companies come to us and they benefit from just deep, deep knowledge and how it operates, getting them the resources they need, getting them, getting, as I tell people, I said, if you select the Charleston region, we will make absolutely sure that you are successful. We'll get you everything that you need to be successful. And I would add that includes capital. We have, we have companies over here that um, a lot of companies that have taken capital and this challenge that everybody talks about not having capital, that is just a non-challenge. For those who don't know, they might say that, but for those who know, if you have an investment grade idea company and a track record, you know, and, and that kind of thing, that that's, that's, so we have all the ingredients in the region to be successful, which is the reason why we have grown to 500 to 700 companies uh, in, in a short 20 years. Um, Ernest, get ready. And, and Bernie, you know this, that you may need to hire some more folks because <laughs> after people see this episode of The Buzz, they're going to be flocking to you. You know, it, you don't go out and seek marketing. We come to you because we're astute in the economic development community, but we don't want you to be flooded. So just be aware when this, this podcast hits the air, it could be big time. <laughs> I'm joking with you, Ernest. I'm joking. I, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, it's, it's a story that is uh, atypical in terms of economic development. It is not driven by incentives. It's driven more by intellect. Um, so, so the companies are looking for seasoned professionals to kind of grow the business. So it, it's, 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 it's something, I think it's very important that as a state and as a region, we, we, as I like to tell people, I said, if you're a savvy money manager, you basically invest in multiple different things for the success of your clients. That's how the state needs to look at it. We need to basically make, and, and, and thanks to Joe Riley's vision, you know, he was kind enough to indulge me, you know, in, in this experiment that I think stopped about 10 years ago. And now we're well on our way 
to growing it. And I dare say if we have a conversation in a year from now, we'll probably be up by another 50 companies just based on what we're seeing nationally, this decentralization, if you would, of companies, these little, you know, these, 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 my target company is an outpost for a national company with about 20 to 25 employees here in Charleston, basically uh, high wage employees. And so that is, that is just a great complement to the other economic development efforts in the region. Now it's huge. Thank you so much for your time today. And, uh, and speaking from a year from now, let's, can you pencil us in so we can check in with you and, and talk about some of that growth um, down the line as well? And we have to get you back to another honey harvest. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. I, didn't even, I didn't even have time to chat about the honey harvest. You got to come back. I need to hear more about that. Charleston Digital Corridor Director Ernest Andrade, thank you for your time today. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on The Buzz, everybody. If you haven't checked out some of our other episodes, please do and make sure you go to all of our social media channels. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on The Buzz. Mm -hmm.